Perhaps you're here today and you're wondering, Pastor, who is this relationship series for? Well, if you're single, it's for you. If you're single and ready to start dating, it's for you. If you're dating, it's for you. If you're married, it's for you. If you're divorced, it's for you. If you're a teenager, it's for you. If you're a grandpa or a grandma in your 90s, it's for you. If you, and listen, if you at your workplace or in your family or in your friendships, your relationships are complicated and feel mixed up, this series is really for you. What I'm saying is, listen, don't miss one week of this series prioritize this series because the reality is we all have relationships. We're all going through this journey of life and dealing with people and navigating relationships. And we want to strengthen your relationships through this series. Before I start, I got to get myself prepared. I've got to Don't hate the player, hate the game. I just, what can I say? I, chef, I told Pastor Bo, one of our student pastors, that I'm Chef Abair from Louisiana. Come on, somebody, I might make you some gumbo up here today. But uh, I, I love, I love food, and I, I love the Christmas season, and uh, it's my favorite time of the year, Christmas time. And uh, every year, my mother-in-law, since I've known Tiffany. Every year, she makes her famous cutout cookies. And I mean, I, I think she's just kind of famous for them. And she makes those cutout cookies. And in December, she was making her famous cutout cookies again for the family to enjoy. And we showed up at her home. And, and she got all the ingredients and got them in the bowl and mixing all everything up. And, and then, you know, made the cookies and, and got them all in the shape they're supposed to be in. Got them in the oven. And, and you know, you got bell-shaped cookies and star-shaped cookies. And, you know, just all the different shapes that she took hours to get all ready for us and come out the oven and let them and then she lets them cool off and then she puts the frosting on them oh she I mean she just love just just TLC with the frosting and she has all the different colors you know she has pink frosting and blue frosting and green frosting and yellow frosting and and people try to tell me all oh, the frosting tastes the same no it doesn't the pink is the best who knows what I'm talking about don't don't try to tell me all the frosting tastes the same it doesn't taste the same the pink frosting is the best and, and then and then after hours of baking the cookies and cooling them off and 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 getting all the frosting on them she was finally at the moment to taste her masterpiece and she took a bite of that Christmas cutout cookie and it was nasty it had a bad taste because my mother-in-law forgot to put the sugar in the mix in the ingredients and it did not come out tasting very good and a lot of people when it comes to their relationships their relationships aren't tasting very good they, they've got some ingredients in their relationships and their relationships are not functioning properly matter of fact during this pandemic a lot of relationships didn't get better they got worse I, I talked to so many people that said my marriage 
got worse during the pandemic. My, my, my parenting with my children, there was tension and stress. Uh, there was stress and tension when it came to my family, when it came to working relationships at the, at the job. Things were tense. Things were, things were just kind of not clicking on all cylinders. And, and what I want to do today is we just kind of talk about this. I want us to really get our minds around why relationships can taste bad. Have you ever noticed this? When your relationships taste bad, life can taste bad. Have you ever noticed when your relationships get all mixed up, life seems to get all mixed up? How do we get all mixed up in our relationships? Here's what I want to do today. Today, I'm just laying the foundation. I'm going to get real practical. I'm going to start laying some, some, some laying on the foundation next week, kind of building on the foundation with some very practical truths that are going to help your relationship. Today, I'm laying the foundation. And I want us to go back to the book of Genesis, to the very first human beings that God created, Adam and Eve. And as we look at Adam and Eve today, we're going to discover the source of why relationships get mixed up. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Genesis chapter 3, the very first book in your Bible, chapter number 3, or take your phone out. You may have it. You can have a Bible app on your phone, or if you don't, uh, the scriptures will be on the screen. Genesis 3 and verse number 1 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had met, God had made. He said, everybody say, he said. I want you to catch that. The serpent said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say. Everybody say, God said. When you're the it, the serpent said, and then God said, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Here it goes, church. Don't, don't, don't you miss this now. Here is why relationships get all mixed up. Here is why we put the wrong ingredients into our relationships. Here it goes. When we listen to the serpent instead of the Savior. When we listen to the snake instead of the scripture. And understand this, both the serpent and the Savior are speaking to you about your relationships. Both of them are offering you ingredients for your relationship. And whoever you listen to more closely, whoever has your ear, the serpent or the Savior, those are the ingredients that will influence your relationships. And Adam and Eve got all mixed up because they listened to the serpent instead of the Savior. And right when they took the serpent ingredients and started to mix it in their relationships, problems began to occur immediately. Adam and Eve were walking in the garden naked every day with no shame. But right when they put what the serpent said into their relationship, the Bible says now they're naked and uh, they're shamed. 
They started to cover themselves with fig leaves. They're, they're hiding from one another. Their, their, their relationship is now being impacted because they listened to the serpent. And then the scripture says they begin to hide from God. I mean, the creator of the universe, the one they should be close with, the one they need relationship with. Now they're hiding from God. Their relationship with God is now being impacted because they listened to the serpent. And then the scripture says Adam blamed Eve. He told God, let me tell you why we got the wrong ingredients in our relationship is that woman you gave me and that night Adam and Eve went home and she said what you say to God and they got in a big argument and Adam is the first man in history who had to sleep on the couch oh yes he did that night that brother had the couch and a pillow and then Adam and Eve, had, they got removed from the Garden of Eden. They got removed from paradise. They got removed from their home. I'm talking about, you see, they're impacted. Their relationship, their home is impacted because they listened to the serpent. And then Eve got pregnant with child. And because they listened to the serpent, there was, there was now pain in childbearing. And, and Eve is now giving birth to the baby. And, and she's laid on her back giving birth and she's screaming to Adam in pain. She's hurting. She's in pain. She's screaming. There's no epidural. It's pain. And she says, Adam, you did this. You get me some ice, a pickle, and some peanut butter now. Tension in the relationship because they listen to the serpent. She gives birth to Cain. She gives birth to Abel. They've got two sons. They begin to grow up. And then one day, Cain is jealous of Abel. And Cain decides to kill his own brother because they listened to the serpent. They had relationship problems. Their relationships were all mixed up. And we can relate to Adam and Eve because you and I have put the wrong ingredients in some, into some of our relationships. And whenever we do, our relationships relationships get fractured. They get injured. We have wounds. We got pain. We've got resentment. We've got bitterness. We've got tension. We're not talking to one another. Don't you say a word to me. And relationships are strained because we've got the wrong ingredients in our relationships. And what I want you to think about, I really want you to process this in your mind, in your heart right now. Do you have some wrong ingredients in your relationships? Think about this. Where did you get your relationship beliefs from? Are you taking your relationship cues from the serpent or the Savior? The scripture says in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Understand this, if you're conforming to culture, you're listening to the serpent. If you're following the ways of the world when it comes to relationships, you're listening to the snake. If you're taking your relationship cues from the serpent, your relationships, I know this without a shadow of a doubt, they're mixed up. And the serpent is always looking on how he could try to influence your relationships. 
in a negative way. He's always looking at how can he offer you the wrong ingredients. He's always looking at how can I get them to leave the sugar out of their relationship. He's always looking. I know what I'll do. I'm going to get them to make cookies with ketchup and wonder why their relationships taste bad. Pastor, pastor, how does the enemy, how is he influencing, how is he getting people to believe the wrong things about their relationships? How are people getting the wrong ingredients for their relationships? How is the serpent working? The scripture says he's cunning, he's sly, he's deceptive. How is he working? Well, I want to give you four ways the serpent influences our relationships. Number one is this music. Music. Music influences all of us. And it's really sad that so many people take their relationship cues from music. And if you really think about the words to a lot of love songs, they sound good. Mmm, just mm, sweet. They sound good, but they don't live good. It's not good on relationships. I mean, I'm talking about some of those popular songs of all times, like when a man loves a woman. Several versions. I'll give you the Michael Bolton version. When a man loves a woman, can't keep his mind on nothing else. He trade the world for the good things he found. If she is bad, he can't see it. She can do no wrong and turn his back on his best friend if he puts her down. When a man loves a woman, spend his very last dime and trying to hold on to what he needs, he'd give up all his comforts and sleep out in the rain if she said that's the way it ought to be. When a man loves a woman. Now, I love Tiffany. That's my girl. That's my boo, 23 years of marriage. I love Tiffany, but she does wrong sometimes. I love Tiffany, but I don't want to sleep out in the rain. That means I got kicked out the house. Come on, ladies, you don't want a man to spend his last dime. That means you got to take care of that knucklehead that the brothers broke. I mean, it sounds good. But we start taking our cues from the relationship, the music, the love songs. Or I think about back in the day, some of you remember All My Life by Casey and JoJo. And uh, just such a good song. But the song also says, close to me, you're like my mother. Close to me, you're like my father. Close to me, you're like my sister. Close to me, you're like my brother. And all, and you are, are the only one, my everything. And for you, this song I sing, church, I just want to say this. That's weird. I love Tiffany, but I don't want her to be like my mama. I don't want her to be like my sister. I sure don't want her to be like my daddy or my brother. I'm just saying, it's, no thank you, it's weird. I mean, I just want you to think about the songs, the songs, the songs that we listen to, we fill our brains with, we try to emulate and want to live and be like. No, 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 no. I think about the song by, by Sting, Every Breath You Take. It says, every breath you take, I'll be watching you every single day, every word you say, every game you play, every night you stay, I'll be watching you. Every move you make, every vow you break. Every smile you fake, every claim you stake, I'll be watching you. 
Every single day. Every word you say, every game you play, every night you, st- you stay, I'll be watching you. And listen, neither Tiffany and I want to watch each other all day long. I love Tiffany with all my heart, but I don't want to see every breath she takes. That's suffocating. That's controlling. Give me my space. I need some alone time. I'm simply saying we start getting our cues from music and culture, and it's the wrong ingredients, I think, about the song Back at One by Brian McKnight. One. You're like a dream come true. Two. Just want to be with you. Three. Girl, it's Come on, sing it, you sing it. that you're the only one for me. Yeah. Four, repeat steps. One, two, three, five. Make you fall in love with me. If ever I believe my work is done, then I'll start back at one. And it sounds sweet, doesn't it? But think about the words you just sang. These are the steps to love. Step one is, you're like a dream come true. Step two is, just want to be with you. Step three is, you're the only one for me. And here's the problem. You haven't even taken any steps yet. I'm like, huh? Then it gets worse. Step four is, just do it all over again. Step five is, Make you fall in love with me. And it sounds sweet, but it gives the expectation that you don't need to do anything to make love work. Love is just an emotion. Love is just a feeling. You're just my dream. I just love you. Are you listening to the serpent or the savior? Are you listening to the snake or scripture? Scripture says in Jeremiah 7 verse 8, but look, you are trusting in deceptive words that are worthless. You see, church, it's what you know that's not so that destroys relationships. Romans 12 verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world. My kids make fun of me on how I say pattern. I don't care. I like how I say it. They say it's pattern, pat, pattern. No, it's pattern. It's how I say it. Come on, somebody. Hang with your pastor. Come on. This is my sermon. I preach it how I want to. Notice what it says. Be, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Church, I want you to think about this. Are you listening to the serpent? Or are you listening to the Savior? The second way the devil influences us to get the wrong ingredients in our relationship is through Hollywood. Many relationships are getting their ingredients from Hollywood, from rom-coms, romantic comedies, Hallmark movies, celebrities. And the serpent uses Hollywood to hijack so many relationships. I mean, just think about Hollywood and and the movies. I mean, it's, it's about love at first sight. Every day is the honeymoon. Those Hallmark movies got snow, just perfect snow. Just perfect. Just, just perfect. You watch those movies, relationship problems get fixed in one and a half hours. Tiffany and I got relationship problems. It took us a decade to get fixed. I don't, I don't, I don't get that. 
sex and living together just glorified before, before marriage. Just romance is unrealistic. You know, you see a movie and it's like, just everything's heated. Romance is heated. Throwing each other against a wall. Don't do that. It's stupid. That's going to break. T- huh? Waking up in the morning and kissing each other. Hadn't even brushed their teeth. That's nasty. Tiffany, don't, don't, that's not real. Tiffany, don't kiss me. Girl, go brush your teeth. But, but culture, we glorify it. We, we start taking our cues from it like it's real. And because culture glorifies celebrities and their relationship, people start saying things like, I want a relationship like Bay and Jay, Beyonce and Jay-Z, or like Will and Jada, or I wish I was married to Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, or J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez. But when you dig a little deeper, you find out that their relationships aren't always going so great. Will and Jada made a model for their marriage. We ride together, we die together. Bad marriage for life. No, thank you. No, thank you. Brad Pitt and Angelia Jolie alleged had an open relationship and divorced in 2016. Tom Cruise has been married and divorced three times. J-Lo has been divorced three times. It just ended her engagement with Alex Rodriguez. And I'm not picking on these celebrities. I just want you to understand marriage is challenging and especially without Christ at the center. And I'm just wanting you to process why would you take your relationship cues from Hollywood when it's not working for them? Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't listen to the serpent. Listen to the Savior. Number three is this. How does the enemy get us to get relationships, the wrong ingredients in our relationships? Here's the third way. Family. And there are no perfect families. There are no perfect marriages. So there's a good chance we all got some wrong ingredients from our family. And some of your families, when you were growing up, they weren't living for Jesus. They didn't live by the Bible. And yet they modeled for you how to do relationships. And it was in a worldly way. It was the serpent way. And here's the question that you really got to process as as an adult or even as a teenager growing up and going to be an adult in the near future is, do you recognize the wrong ingredients that your family taught you, that your family modeled for you so that you don't make the same mistakes, so that you're not trying to cook cookies, bake cookies with ketchup. Do you even recognize some of the wrong ingredients that your parents or your grandparents or uncles and aunts had in their relationships so that you don't repeat the same mistakes? And here's what I want to do. I want to, I want you to hear some of the relationship advice that some of our staff some of our key dream team leaders received from their families when they were growing up. These are from our pastors and from our key leaders in our church. Listen to some of the advice they received from family. Here's the first one. My dad told me as a teen, go ahead and have sex, but if you get someone pregnant, you're dropping out of school and taking care of that baby. Here's some more relationship advice. Family told them, Marriage is 90% sex. Third one. As long as he's good to you, it's okay that he cheats. 
It's hard for a man to remain monogamous. Here's some more advice coming from family. Mom said, you need to live with a guy to see if you are compatible. That's how you will find out if he is marriage material. Some more family advice. Your family always comes before your spouse. You got a little help today. Mom said, go ahead and date the drug dealer because he's making good money. Growing up, I learned how to fight from my parents. I rarely saw them affectionate. They taught me how to fight, yell, and give the silent treatment. I got ingredients for a divorce, but not a healthy relationship. And this person recognized what they learned wrong from their family. They saw, they recognized the wrong ingredients. I'm asking you, do you recognize the wrong ingredients that you learned from your family? You bring it into your relationships. You bring it into your marriage. You bring it into your dating. You bring it into your friendships. You bring it into your work relationships. You bring it into your parenting. Do you recognize? recognize the wrong advice, the wrong things that were modeled before you that will actually hinder your relationships. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And here's the kind of deceptive thing about family. With our family, we saw it modeled before us when we were young and growing up, and so it's seems right. That's what dad did. That's what mom did. That's what grandpa or grandma did. That's what an uncle or aunt did that we respected. That's what they did. So it seemed right when we were growing up. But just because it seems right doesn't mean it is right. Is it from the serpent or the Savior? Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Here's what we got to do. I'm laying the foundation. I'm going to help you over the next several weeks. You got to get your mind renewed. I mean, you're bringing in the things that you saw modeled for you. You're bringing in some things some of your family members told you that you thought were right, but it's what you know that's not so that destroys relationships. They're telling you to put ketchup in your cookies, and it's going to taste bad. It'll never work. And you got to get your mind renewed. That's why, that's why reading God's word every day is so important. You got to know what God says. You got to know what, listen, you know what the serpent says. It's everywhere. It's in every movie. It's in, it's in Hollywood. It's in select. I mean, it's everywhere. But do you know what the scripture says? Do you know what the Savior says so that your mind can get renewed? And it'll take you some time to get your mind renewed that it will begin to change your thinking, which will in turn change the ingredients that you put in your relationships. And then when you change the ingredients, you're going to get a different outcome for your relationships. And we're going to help you do that through this series. Let me give you the fourth, fourth way the serpent influences you influences me to put the wrong ingredients in our relationships and that is through friends friends the serpent uses friendships to give you worldly relationship ingredients and in advice let me say this to every person in this place it's so important those of you joining me online at the other campuses it's so important that you have the right people in your life 
If you put the wrong people in your life, you got some chefs giving you some ingredients that are not good, it's going to impact your life. I want you to think about who has your ear, who are you listening to when you're going through relationship trouble, when you're having relationship problems in your marriage, in your dating, in your friendships, at your workplace, with your parents, with your children. Who are you listening to? Who are you getting advice from is so critical. If you listen to the wrong friends, you will have the wrong ingredients. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. What you have to catch here is you could be a person full of character. You could be a person full of wisdom. You could be a person full of integrity. But if you allow people into your life that do not know the Lord, do not love God, do not live by the word of God, and they start giving you some wrong ingredients, the Bible says they can take your good character and make it bad character. They can take your wisdom and it becomes foolishness. They can take your integrity and flip it upside down, and now you're living a double life. I'm telling you, church, who you allow into your life is so key and some of you today are having some bad taste in your relationship and it's because of who you're allowing to speak into your life the wrong friends will give you some bad dating advice your 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 wrong friends will say he's hot so marry him she's gorgeous you you need you need to be with her she's just pretty you need to date him because he's got money. He's a fool, but he's rich. Hook up. She's not a Christian, but that's okay. She's fine. She's nice. You got to be careful who's in your ear. The wrong friends will tell you some stuff like, you need to play hard to get. Just, just wait three days to text her back. Just, just mess with her head. The wrong friends will tell you some stuff like, be your best self. Don't, don't let them see the real you while you're dating. The wrong friends will tell you some stuff like, you know how you'll know it's the right person? You'll just feel butterflies. Go ahead and get married with some butterflies. Them butterflies go away. Honeymoon day, they go away. They don't go away. A week they'll go away. You can't build a marriage on, on butterflies. Who is in your ear? The wrong friends will give you bad marriage advice. Let me say every marriage goes through challenges, goes through rocky times. You get the wrong person in your ear when you're having challenges in your marriage. They'll say some things like love shouldn't be this hard. You just need to get a divorce and find someone more compatible. If your relationship isn't making you happy, you should just move on and find you somebody that will make you happy. I'm telling you, get you somebody else. The grass is greener on the other side of the fence. You just need to get you somebody that'll treat you or find you somebody. Get you some. No, 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 no. The grass is not greener on the other side of the fence. It got weeds over there, too. They got problems. The grass is greener where you water it. But but I'm you got it. Who's in your ear? Who's in your ear? Who's in your ear? Just, you just got you just got let just let them know who the boss is. Let them know who the boss is. Just cuss them out. Tell them what you think. Oh, you got you, you have problems in your marriage? Just have some kids. 
it'll bring you closer together. Who's giving you relationship advice? Who has your ear? Are you in a small group at People's Church where you can get biblical wisdom and advice? It's what you know that's not so that destroys relationships. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, everybody shout, then. I need somebody to write it right now on the chat line. Five years, somebody write, then, then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Here's what the scripture teaches us. When you start listening to the Savior instead of the serpent, when you start listening to scripture instead of the snake, the Bible says your mind will begin to be renewed. Your thinking will begin to be changed. You'll start thinking different thoughts. You'll quit thinking like the world and thinking like Hollywood and thinking like the music, the love songs, you'll start thinking godly thoughts. And the Bible says when you have your mind renewed, it's then you begin to know the will of God. It's then you'll know the will of God for relationships. Some of you are trying to find the will of God. Who should I marry? Well, where should we move? What should we do? I'm having this marriage problem. I don't know what to do. You're trying to find the will of God, but you got to have a renewed mind. Then then you'll know God's perfect will for your life. Pastor, what do I do in this relationship? It's hard. It's challenging. Get your mind renewed. What do I do with my children? I just don't know. This is challenging. What do I do? Get your mind renewed. The mind, the Savior, the Scripture. What do I do with this dating relationship? I don't know what to do with this dating relationship. What do I do? Get your mind renewed. Do you have the mind of God? I'm laying the foundation. I can't, I can't even help you. If you listen to the world instead of God, you'll never have a relationship that has the right ingredients. And I know what I'm saying because when I got married to Tiffany, I came in with a lot of wrong ingredients. I was controlling. I was condescending. I wanted to be right. Being right was more important than having peace. I just didn't know. I loved God. I was a preacher. But I brought some things from my childhood and what I saw modeled for me into our marriage. And it was damaging. And it was years that I didn't see it clearly. But I kept reading God's word kept myself in God's house, kept myself with the right people speaking into my life, and my mind got renewed. My mind got changed. And our relationship's not perfect by any means. But can I tell you, it's so much better because I'm not trying to be right. I'm trying to have peace and move our relationship forward and solve the problem. I'm not trying to be controlling. I'm not trying to be condescending. I want to be God-honoring. I want to love her. I want to speak the right words over her. I want to speak life. But I had to have my mind renewed. I had to have my mind renewed. So that I would put the right ingredients into my relationship. It's the same with my children. It's the same with my work relationships. It's the same with my friends. Because whenever I've got the wrong ingredients, it tastes bad. Relationships taste bad. Life can taste bad. 
Heavenly Father, I thank you for speaking to us right now. I thank you right now as we laid the foundation today. I thank you that people are opening their hearts and minds up to hear from the Savior, not the serpent. To hear from the scripture, not the snake. Have your way in Jesus' name I pray.